Established in 1934, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park covers parts of North Carolina and Tennessee and features some of the highest mountains in eastern North America. The Great Smoky Mountains are part of the Blue Ridge Mountains, a division of the Appalachian Mountain Range. The Appalachian Trail, which runs from Maine to Georgia, passes through the park's center for 72 miles. Klingman's Dome is the park's highest summit, reaching 6,643 feet. Sixteen mountains in the park reach higher than 5,000 feet. The park covers over 522,000 acres, or 816 square miles, making it one of the most extensive protected tracts in the eastern United States. Elevation within the park ranges from around 875 feet to 6,643 feet, allowing for a wide range of ecological niches for plant and animal life and varying climate conditions. About 1,500 black bears call the park their home, sharing the land with over 200 species of birds, 50 species of fish, and nearly 100 species of reptiles and amphibians. The National Park Service reintroduced elk into the area beginning in 2001, and the population now stands at 200 and growing. Nearly 95% of the park is forested, with almost 36% of that forest considered old growth. But the undertaking to protect and develop the land was no small task. Logging became prominent upon the arrival of white settlers, and by the late 1800s, the logging industry pulled massive amounts of timber from the area. The continued clear-cutting resulted in massive deforestation, with over two-thirds of the region logged or burned by fires, resulting from logging by 1920. Visitors to the site were dismayed by the destruction, and a grassroots effort by locals and visitors began to raise money to save the area. The United States National Park Service desired a large park in the eastern part of the country, but lacked the funding to procure land for the park. National parks in the western United States were mostly government-owned, so the process was much easier to set aside their use as such. In 1925, a local businessman from Knoxville, Tennessee, David C. Chapman, was appointed commission head to establish a park. President Calvin Coolidge signed a bill, and Congress authorized the park's formation in 1926. But land for the park needed to be acquired piecemeal. John D. Rockefeller Jr. donated $5 million, and the U.S. government added $2 million to purchase land. Private individuals and even schoolchildren raised money for the park. Thus began a slow process of removing loggers, miners, and even residents from the land while state and federal legislation restricted farming and logging from the region. In 1934, the states of Tennessee and North Carolina donated 300,000 acres of land to the park, and the park was officially established on June 15, 1934, signed by President Franklin Roosevelt. We've partnered here at In the Wild with AG1 
the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because throughout the day, I have a lot of responsibilities to get to, including recording episodes of In the Wild here for you. So I drink AG1 every day, and it gives me a lot of energy. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment in your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D, so important for your health, with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash in the wild. That's drinkag1.com slash in the wild. Check it out. And now back to in the wild. The Civilian Conservation Corps created in 1933 to offer a work relief program for young men during the Great Depression greatly aided the park's development. Unemployed young men signed up for jobs and were put to work on government projects. Crews began constructing trails and campgrounds while attractive stone buildings and bridges were built on the grounds, most of which can still be viewed and enjoyed today. In September 1940, President Franklin Roosevelt formally dedicated the park at Newfound Gap, straddling the North Carolina and Tennessee border. Since then, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park has become the most visited national park in the United States, nearly tripling the visits of the next most visited park, Grand Canyon National Park. The park recorded almost 13 million visitations last year. Visitors today enjoy the park for day hiking and backpacking, with over 850 miles of trails. Designated camping areas and shelters can be found within the park, with many supporting backpackers along or near the Appalachian Trail. Fishing is a popular activity, and fly fishing for trout is especially popular. Brook trout are native to the streams, but brown and rainbow trout have been introduced. Water tubing on the streams is a popular activity for non-fisher folks. Limited trails are also offered for horseback riding and mountain biking. There are 10 campgrounds in the park, but they have limited amenities beyond flushing toilets and drinking water. There are no hookups, except for 10 sites at Look Rock Campground. No showers, restricted generator use, and one campground is limited to tent camping only. What you do have is beautiful scenery in remote and... What you do have is beautiful scenery in remote and secluded settings. Popular attractions in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park include the Newfound Gap, the lowest drivable pass or notch through the mountains. The mountain road connects Cherokee, North Carolina. The mountain road connects The mountain road connects Cherokee, North Carolina with Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Motorists climb approximately 3,000 feet, passing through four forest ecosystems, Cove Hardwood, Pine Oak, Northern Hardwood, and Evergreen Spruce Fir. Temperatures are dramatically cooler at Newfound Gap, which is nearly a mile in elevation. Scenic views are plentiful from the large parking area at the Gap. The road to Klingman's Dome is just .01 miles to the south for the more adventurous. If you travel seven miles along Klingman's Dome Road, you will reach a large parking area. Here you will find the trailhead to the observation tower and the top of Klingman's Dome. 
Though paved and only half a mile long, the trail is extremely steep. Due to its steepness, the path is not handicapped accessible, and pets and bicycles are prohibited. Expect temperatures to be 10 to 20 degrees cooler than the surrounding lowlands, and if the weather cooperates, you can view over 100 miles in every direction. Be advised, though, that air pollution often reduces visibility to 20 miles or less. The Appalachian Trail crosses Klingman's Dome, welcoming hikers to the highest point on the trail from Georgia to Maine. The Klingman's Dome Visitor Contact Station allows guests to interact with park staff and purchase items in the bookstore and shop. The road to Klingman's Dome is closed seasonally due to snowfall and hazardous conditions, usually from early December through March. Visitors should also know that Klingman's Dome is a popular stop and frequently the demand outpaces available parking spaces. Plan accordingly and be prepared for alternative activities in the area. Three visitor centers greet guests at the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. As you enter the park's north district, the Sugarlands Visitor Center can be found near Gatlinburg, Tennessee. From the south, the O'Connell Lofty Visitor Center is near Cherokee, North Carolina. Both offer exhibits, a bookstore, and a shop with public restrooms and drink vending machines. A third, Cades Cove Visitor Center, is about halfway through the Cades Cove Loop Road. As well as exhibits, a bookstore, a shop, and public restrooms, you will also discover an operational grist mill, seasonal from spring to fall. When venturing out in the Great Smoky Mountains or any wilderness area, though, you must be prepared. SmokyMountains.com recently posted an interesting and insightful survey based on 103 individual people and their personal stories of survival. Their ordeals ranged from half a day to 90 days lost, and from observations of each story, several factors stand out to help you survive in a similar situation. The first factor is preparation for the unexpected. Day hikers often find themselves in dire circumstances because they are not prepared. Day hikers convince themselves that a short hike is not dangerous and that nothing can go wrong. They often set off with inappropriate footwear, their phone, and maybe a bottle of water. Inexperience leads the way, sometimes into disaster. Always carry a pack with essentials and emergency provisions. More on this later. Let us first examine the survey's findings. Why do people get lost? In an overwhelming 41% of the cases, they simply wandered off the trail. Bad weather came in second place at 17%, followed by fell off the trail at 16%. Single percentage reasons ranged from separation from the group, injury, darkness, and loss or failure of equipment. The obvious inference is to stay on the trail. If in doubt, turn back to reestablish the course or return to the trailhead. Do not continue hoping to pick up the trail because you will likely become lost. In one instance, a lost hiker was found dead, only two miles from a popular tourist destination within a national park. A disturbing practice by souvenir hunters is to remove trail markers. Federal and state agencies provide trail markers to ensure hikers' safety by keeping them on designated trails. 
Guaranteeing properly marked trails enables hikers to stay safe and secure, preventing the likelihood of wandering off trail. Trail markers are especially important for day hikers and those unfamiliar with wilderness travel. They send a clear and confident message that they are on the right path and ensure their safe traverse. When removed, their absence opens travelers to the dangers of the wilderness and can lead to discomfort and sometimes death. Trail markers are a necessary safeguard for hikers and backpackers enjoying the benefits of wilderness opportunities. If you find yourself lost in the wilderness, your preparation for your trip will separate a successful outcome from a deadly one. Even a short day hike requires adequate preparation for worst-case scenarios. Based on the data reviewed, the survey identified four basic survival requirements. Warmth, shelter, food, and water. Let us look at warmth first. The most mentioned sources of warmth included clothing, fire camping gear, and body heat from fellow hikers or dogs. The authors suggest high-quality clothing with merino or synthetic base layers, synthetic or dry-down puffy jackets, and Gore-Tex shells. For shelter, the authors found an almost equal range of options employed by those lost. Camping gear, discovered caves and shelters, self-made caves and shelters, under trees, and in the rocks. For less than $20, you can find various options online for emergency lightweight tent shelters. One option weighs half a pound, and packed in its pouch is 5 inches by 3 inches round. It is well worth the extra space in your day pack. Water is required to stay hydrated and quench thirst. Always carry more than you need, and be prepared with water purification options. For less than $10, you can carry a small bottle of water purification tablets to ensure drinkable water. In 24% of the cases studied, lost hikers relied on a found body of water, such as a lake, stream, or creek. Others relied on melted snow, rain, and even puddles. Some rationed the water they had with them. To maintain energy, you need food. Always carry high-energy food items with you more than you expect to use. Rationing your own supply is much more desirable than foraging for berries, fruit, plants, and insects. If you find yourself lost, you have an essential decision to make. Find your way out of the situation or stay stationary and await rescue. 65% kept moving, while 35% stayed where they were in the SmokyMountains.com study. Your decision will be based on your situation. If you are injured, the decision may not be a choice. Likewise, your preparations may dictate your choice. The study's authors offer several recommendations for ensuring a safe hike. Leave a trip plan and check in time for two separate trusted people. Have a printed map of your hike and the surrounding areas. Study your area map and identify a bailout direction if you become lost. Check the weather forecast, not only for the day of the hike, but overnight and the following days. Know the potential situation you may be hiking into. The authors also suggest downloading a couple of GPS apps to your phone. Practice your fire-making skills. Always have the gear to make a fire, including waterproof matches, petroleum jelly-soaked cotton balls, and fatwood sticks. 
You may even want to look into the most technologically advanced signaling systems like personal locator beacons and satellite messengers. Here are some of the author's conclusions. Avoid getting lost. Stay on the known trail and use your printed map to identify features as you travel. Stay warm by avoiding sweating in your clothes in cold weather and adjust your layers. Build a fire to keep warm and stay alert to hypothermia. Carry a tarp or emergency shelter with you, or build a lean-to type shelter using sticks and cover with branches, bark, or even leaves. Build a bed of leaves, grass, or pine needles at least 8 inches thick. To purify water, boil, filter, or use chlorine dioxide tablets. In a worst-case scenario, drink water unpurified, as dehydration is a greater risk than infection. Pack emergency rations, such as almond butter and coconut oil packs. When considering to move or shelter in place, consider if someone knows you are missing. Are you on a trail, old road, or a stream? Do you have a way to signal to rescuers? If so, staying put may be your best option. If you did not notify anyone of your plans, self-rescue might be your best option. Move toward your bailout area. Look for an open space or high ground to try and find a cell signal. The National Park Service recommends packing the 10 essentials, a categorical list of first aid and emergency items required whenever you head out, even for the shortest of day hikes or adventures. Here are all 10. 1. Navigation. Printed map, compass, and GPS system, along with the knowledge of how to use them. 2. Sun protection. Sunglasses, sunscreen, and hat. 3. Insulation. Jacket, hat, gloves, rain shell, and thermal underwear. 4. Illumination. Flashlight, lanterns, and headlamp. Extra batteries. 5. First aid supplies. A pre-packed first aid kit modified by items for individual use and medical needs. Also an emergency guide for unfamiliar situations. 6. Fire. Waterproof matches, lighters, fire starters. 7. Repair kit and tools. Duct tape, knife, screwdriver, scissors, multi-tool. 8. Nutrition. Food. An extra day's worth of no-cook, high-nutritional value items. Trail mix, nuts, and granola bars. 9. Hydration. Water and water treatment supplies. And finally, 10. Emergency shelter. Tent, space blanket, tarp, bivy sack. The study discussed in today's episode is an important lesson when venturing off into uninhabited regions, no matter how benign the trek may seem. Always be prepared when venturing into the wilderness, whether undertaking a week-long backpacking trip or simply planning a short day hike to a popular destination because merely wandering off the trail can lead to a wilderness survival situation in the wild. Here at In the Wild, we are really enjoying rocket money. If you're possibly wasting money that you don't even know about on subscriptions you're no longer using, this is an effective tool, and you can just go through it, and you're going to find stuff you didn't even know that you were paying for. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. All in one place. How great is that? Most people think they're spending $80 on subscriptions when in reality, the number is closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you use to watch just one show or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all of that work for you. And with their 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 for the year. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash in the wild. That's rocketmoney.com slash in the wild. 